0: Oh yes this is the hardcore marketing show i'm casey cheshire your host for this epic journey and today's show sponsored by cheshire impact on a mission to help people maximize their use of pardot and salesforce cheshireimpact.com Bam. there it is i was just saying this is like a roller coaster we're going up 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 now it's time to just put our hands in the air and scream. This is awesome. Okay. So thank you for joining me. I got a really cool guest. I can't wait to introduce you to him. This is going to have a lot of fun. We're going to hash some stuff out and we have a topic. We have a theme that we have not talked about. We have not thoroughly just destroyed. So I can't wait to get to that part. Who am I talking to Casey? Come on, get to it, get to it. Who am I talking to? Marketing leader, thought leader, speaker, Skilled in all things marketing and literally this guy's resume, the SEO side, definitely having the digital, integrated marketing, advertising, events, but his recent focus has been about around really maximizing the B2B side and partner marketing, which I can't wait to to dive into. Hosts his own podcast called Heads in the Cloud, which I love. Uh, CMO of Star to Star Communications, David Portnowitz. How are you, sir? I am
1: doing great, Casey. Thank you so much for having me. I'm pumped. I'm excited. It's a beautiful day down here in Sarasota, Florida, and I'm ready to roll.
0: You know, it's beautiful up here in New Hampshire too. So maybe it's because we're talking today that the weather was like, we got to behave. No no rain today. <laughs> no rain. Uh, well, hey, the theme, the theme today, I know we're going to talk a lot about partners, about really doing marketing and internally and then how to really, uh, there's so many things to talk about. So let me get on with the show here. Let me grab this thing. It's heavy. So, one second. Uh, okay, here you go. All right, gra- it's Thor's hammer. Grab that. You got it? All right. I got wow. it. Wow, one handed it. Impressive, sir. Impressive. Um, take I Thor's of, I hammer. do a lot of, a lot of lifting. Do, do you lift, bro? <laughs> Just my two small children. Right. Seriously, same here. They get heavier, though, over time. It, it, it gets to you. You um, got to watch yourself. Um, but take Thor's hammer that you're wielding with one hand like a badass and smash for me some kind of marketing myth, bogus strategy, misconception. Set the record straight once and for all.
1: Yeah, I appreciate that. You know, one thing that I hate that really just really kind of ticks me off is that when you see in the partner space, you'll see a company come out and launch this new partner program and they've got this partner portal or a PRM, a partner relationship management, similar to like a CRM, but kind of for your partners, they launch it. It's great. And then they just leave it. And they expect the partners to come. It's like that. It's like, uh, you know, if you build it, they will come and it's absolutely not, the, not going to work. You know, the, 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 outlay of money that you sort of built, you know, sort of spent on either building your own PRM or going out investing in a third party solution. That's just the beginning. You gotta have people that are gonna manage it. You gotta have content that you're gonna be continuing to put into it daily, weekly, monthly. You've gotta continue to fill up that partner, that that PRM with content. You may wanna bring an agency in, right? You may wanna hire more people. Um, You know, one thing you can't do is just expect your partners to stumble upon it, right? you gotta communicate to them why they should go in there what's valuable to them how it's going to increase their pipeline what's going to drive sales for them why should they spend their time promoting your brand uh, you know or or sort of co-branding their stuff with 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 your brand and their brand why should they spend any of the time doing that because it's going to affect their bottom line it's going to drive them more revenue it's going to increase their pipeline you have to do all those things for them you have to hand hold them through that process. Otherwise, it is a waste of your time, your effort, your money, uh, and your resources. And so, you know, that is just something that really irks me when I see it. Uh, other companies tout their big, their PRM, and it's like, yeah, you, you put it out there, and you didn't do anything with it. It's just, you have no engagement. So, you know, that's something that I, I think is, uh, in our industry, in my space, it is prevalent. It's out, it happens all the time, and it just really pisses me off.
0: Why do people go, why do they go this route? What's what leads to that kind of thinking that thinks you can just like plant the seed and just not water it, do anything with it whatsoever?
1: Well, I think because it's a good PR play, right? I mean, oh, we uh. launched this new, we launched this new partner marketing platform. Where we've got great content for you. But, you know, and then, and then they sort of expect, well, my brand is big enough these partners are a little bit smaller or whatever they'll come to it they'll use it no problem but you look at the engagement rates on these things and they're below 10 percent. they're below five percent of partners actually getting in there and using the content why are you you know if if you're spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on putting together a prm and the people in place and you know the and, and creating the content and doing all those things and then just kind of leaving it there for dead i mean it just makes zero sense um you know, in a partner-driven sales model, the partners are your lifeblood. Uh, They're what pay your paycheck. So, you know, you've got to arm them. You've got to get them moving, right? The more they sell, the more, the more in theory I could make, right? Because if the company's doing great because the partner's just selling, maybe I'm going to raise. So you have to think about it like that.
0: Yeah. You know, it's like why people think like, Partner marketing is not the field of dreams, right? If you build it, they will come. The baseball players just miraculously appear. That's not going to happen. Like mm-hmm. a couple may trickle in, but they're not going to play a whole ball game there. This is, it's not the movies here. It's not Iowa. It's not happening. Um, <laughs> you just build this thing. It, and I love that you addressed this certain thing. I wonder if you could talk more about this. The idea of you were saying like, you got to ask yourself why you know, like, why do they want to go to this thing? You know, it's kind of like when I get the email that I hate people have listened to know that this is the email I hate the most, which is like, come to my new website, check it out. Right. That has no value to me whatsoever. You just interrupted me. I unsubscribe from that. Like it's hot because it's like, check out my new website. I don't care about your website. It sounds like the similar vein here. Hey, we got a portal. Great. Good for you. You know, I don't care. I got I'm busy over here. Partners are busy. I gotta sell this stuff. I gotta do this stuff. I got I gotta make my own number this month. I don't wanna be bothered by your silly PRM, your your silly partner site, any of that stuff.
1: Yeah, I think you know, I think you gotta think about it like this. Um, you know, if a partner is someone that you're relying on to drive your business, um, you know, what what is it about them that is really, really going to push you know, them to, to go in there and, and do something about it. Right. You, you have to stay top of mind with your partners and and there's a million ways you can do that. Um, you can do that through nurture. You can do that through socially. You can do that through field reps or sales engineers or, but you know, unless you're doing all of those things and you're constantly communicating with them and, and not just asking them like, Hey, where's the, where, where, what's your pipeline? Where, where's my deals? What, yeah, you know, how you know, how, you know, why isn't that contract signed? You know that that's a total waste of, of their time, your energy. So what what we try to do is put ourselves in their shoes a lot, right? You know, yeah. What, what I stress to my team all the time is think about the partner in every decision you make, and and that can be tough. You know, it, we're we're once removed. We we it's not our, it's not our business. You know, their their business is not our business. Um. And, you know, we are a part of what they're trying to, to bring to their customers. Right. Um, in many cases, we may be, you know, the only UCAT solution they sell, but in some cases we aren't. We, we, we compete with, with, with the partner's mind sharing. You know, they may be selling Ray Central or 8x8 or Vonage or whatever the case is. Um, so for us, we have to show the partner, we have to remind the partner why they should come to us. It is on, the onus is on us. It is not on right. us. Right. Um. And I think that's really important to remember.
0: You know, just like with any customer relationship, you gotta you gotta get in their heads, understand what their challenges are and what what help ha- you know, you mentioned staying top of mind. I'd love to what what are your three favorite ways to say top of mind? I know there's like a million ways you can do it. Do you have some favorites that just you just like oh it works, it's magic, anything like that?
1: Yeah, I would say they're they're <laughs> You, you i'm laughing because one one thing that we have found that works incredibly well um and it's very low cost uh and, and it just seems to really be a boost in everybody's sales is an application that we've we've used to call thanks t-h-n-k-s um and there's some other and there's the competitors to this like spendoso and giftano and, and place placing you know, other other SaaS based app, um gifting applications but thanks is great to use send out a little token of hey, here's a, here's a little five bucks to Starbucks. Thanks for, thanks for doing that quote today. Cool. Thanks for logging into our, thanks for doing, you know, running that email campaign for us. Whatever the case is, you know, send a little gift, send a little something that's customized, personalized. Yeah. Um, you know, if you know that your partner is a big Boston sports fan, send them a New England Patriots, you know, t-shirt or mug. If you know your partner likes to grill, send them a you know, a, a set of steak knives. I don't know, whatever the case is, right? Yeah. Think about what your partner likes. Think about, think about, and think about what you would want from your partner, right? You you're so you know that's one
0: way to stay top of mind and very inexpensive. Um, two. Well, we, sorry, what was that? Was it tanks like like the ones with guns on it or thanks? <laughs> what's the what's the do thanks the web address no or whatnot?
1: Yeah, what it's it? a T H N K S. It's like the word thank you, like the word thanks, but just without the a.
0: Oh, 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 without the A. Okay. Thanks, without yeah, the a. H- a. Okay, cool. And that's your, that's your favorite one? That, yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, we've looked at a bunch. Um, and uh, we've been now with Thanks for about two years. And we have a very good relationship with their CEO and with their team. Um, they're, they're a small but mighty team based out of New York City. And so we love working with those folks. Um, they, are, they are great. And, they, and they're super, super
0: reliable sweet yeah i've definitely check these out because you're right those little tokens right it doesn't have to be a big thing you know it's just the thought that counts right and it, just a little but also customizing it like you said not just sending some random thing to everybody but like a, tweaking it just a little bit you know the magic that's behind them the, the thing that kind of gets them a little a little excited about you know if you know that about someone man that should be in the crm and and you could you could send and a if little you don't thanks-
1: know anything about them And if you don't know anything about them, just send them an Amazon gift card. Generally works for everybody.
0: (laughs) Okay. Right. But I know sometimes some groups have policies against like gift cards with numerical values and stuff like that. Um,
1: So what you can do with that is, and and what's, what's really nice about thanks is if I get, you know, if I send something to someone who can't take a gift, take a gift, you can actually write, write in the email that you get from thanks, click donate. Oh, the money, and the money gets sick. donated to a charity that you choose. And they've got like a zillion charities on there and you can pick the charity you want and the money gets donated. So, you know, works, works for both sides.
0: Smart. Okay. That's number one. That That's awesome. I love that. What's next on the list?
1: Yeah. Next on the list, I would say when, when, um, when times are semi-normal and you can get in, and you can get in a plane and dra- and, and travel, mm-hmm. um, one thing that we really like to do and that we we always see increases pipeline and sales is is do um road shows so uh you know we put together a series of you know sort of half day events throughout all over the country where we are stopping and getting in front of our partners there is nothing more than our partners like than time to hear themselves talk and ask questions and be able to get access to the sales leaders and the executives and to be able to talk to the, the chief product officer and talk to the, the, the CEO and understand exactly where um, the company is, where it's going, um, you know, under, you know, and, and hear it from the horse's mouth. Um, and for us with a partner community, that's so vital to our business, you know, it's crucial that we stay in front of them. And, that's, and that, and then I would say those roadshows are, are so important to our business. The fact that we can't do them this year uh, mm-hmm. thanks, uh, sucks, frankly. Um, and you know we we try to do them virtually, but you know it's just not the same. Um, yeah. So you know that that would be another high quality, you know maybe medium cost. You know there you know there travel and flights and and you know setting up. I mean, that, but not not you know I'm not saying you know they have to be this elaborate trade show. But, you know it's a it's a medium cost type of thing that we have seen um, really really sparked investment from our partners back in our brand.
0: Got it. Now these particular roadshows these are ones you're you're presenting to your partner or they're joining in with you to your mutual customer or like how what's the what are your best tips on that how do you rock those road shows
1: yeah i would say we do a little bit of both um so we in a lot of them we are presenting to the partner but we've also had partners come up with bring bring local customers in um and talk to the group of partners you know why they chose star to star um what you know what they like what they don't like you know frankly you know let's hear the let's hear the good and the bad um you know what's what's uh what's on their mind where can we where can we we be better um right. and that's and so i think it goes both ways i mean we don't go to the we don't go to these things thinking that we're going to present for 2 hours and leave i mean that's how <laughs> we're doing you know we are we're there to listen to understand, a lot of times wow. these things, you know, we'll we'll do we'll do a dinner kind of one, you know, an evening with cocktails and and appetizers, and then go into a dinner, and then more, you know, and then and then these things will go till eleven, twelve, one a.m. A you know, they just want they just want to hear you. They want to they want to spend some time with you. They they love right. it. Um, and for us, it's it's so crucial to stay in front of them that way.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I wonder about those dinners, right? Because some sometimes you you see a lot of partners just kind of swooping in doing a dinner, swooping out. It's almost like they're checking a box, you know? Are, do you make it special in some way so that you're not just throwing money at these people, but somehow building a relationship with them?
1: Yeah, I think we, first off, you know, these are more intimate sort of, I would say no more than like generally 30 or 40 people. So they're okay. not, they're not massive gatherings. 30 people's um, intimate
0: for you. <laughs> <so that>
1: helps. <laughs> Well, I mean, like it's not it's not something where you you don't have an opportunity to speak to everybody in the room. I guess but, uh, I guess is what I'm saying. So, you know, you you know, a lot and a lot of these folks have been with us for many years. They've been selling our products and some are new, but a lot of them have been sort of. So there's the familiarity there. Um, but yeah, there is there absolutely is sometimes when partners just kind of swoop in, have some have a have a nice steak and have a nice glass of cab and move on. Um, We try to avoid that as much as possible. And and we do that really by trying to get the our in every region where we do a roadshow, we've got a regional sales rep, right? So we're trying to plant the seeds ahead of time, um, get them to uh, either ask their partners, what do you want to hear? What questions do you have? You know, where are your challenges? How can we address those specific challenges at this event? You know, like, you know, we try to get our regional account directors to say, Hey, listen, Mr. Partner or Mrs. Partner. You know, we got our president and our CEO and our CMO and our CPO and all the C's and O's, you know, they're all here. This is your time to ask those questions that you always want to ask me, you know, so come prepared, use this time wisely. So we try to set that expectation ahead of time um, and and get the partners thinking about, okay, this is my chance to really engage. Um, And if they don't take that opportunity, maybe they're not the right partner for us in general. You know, there's a little bit of that that kind of can go both ways.
0: Huh. I like that though. You know, watering those seeds, getting a little prep work done ahead of time for you and even getting that team to bring okay, bring, you know, bring your biggest objections, bring bring your bring your biggest uh challenges, whatever it may be, when, when selling this type of thing across this industry and, and we'll discuss it, you know, and top three will get some cool prize or something like that. Exactly. We always come we always come loaded with lots of gifts. <laughs> you know, one time I did a pinata filled with money.
1: <laughs> oh, that's awesome.
0: Yeah. They are mostly ones, but we I think we had like uh some different denominations in there, right? So it was like mostly ones, but there's a there's like a, a couple higher up numbers, you know? And uh <laughs> it's just but just silly stuff, right? And to your point, just getting them involved, but but also teaching them. I think it's important to teach them, you know, to really yeah. give them intel, not just it's like wine and dine them, yes, but also be using that time to, like you're saying, give them insights and make them better than when they first came to that meeting.
1: Yep. And so to, to speak to your two points there. One, if you have small children and you've been to birthday parties, a pinata, not as easy to open as you might imagine. True. Um, uh, at two- Intel, you know, competitive intelligence or just intelligence of, of what's happening in the marketplace, you know, of, and we, we kind of take for granted sometimes. I think that's a great point that you bring up. You know, I'm speaking to analysts, Gartner, Forrester, Frost and Sullivan, Omnia, all the time. These partners don't have that opportunity. We sometimes forget that. So just um, just telling, you know, keeping your partners informed of what's happening in their own industry. Yeah. Is, is super valuable to them. Sharing what Gartner shares with you or what Frost shares with you or you know Forrester, that's really valuable to them as well. And so, you know, we try to do a bit of that. Um, a, a, and, and as opposed to just making it all about star to star and trying to sell. Mm-hmm. It, we try to give them, say, you know, because a lot of these folks, they just they don't have time, right? They're running a business day to day. They don't even have they don't even know what's going on in their own industry, so you know. So you have to try to keep them abreast of those of, of those um, uh, of that information as much as you can. So I I, I think that's a, a great point, Daisy.
0: Um, and I'm with you on the pinata. Normally, it's dad that gets it. I kind of like this though. I feel like this is on purpose. They make it so hard. To, these my seven and nine. That number keeps changing. The seven and nine year old can't quite smash it, or the thing failed, so I had to like rethread it. But then eventually it's like, okay, dad's turn. And I just smashed the smithereens out of that thing. It feels kind of good. I'm like, cool. I'll see you next year. <laughs> pinata. <laughs> um, but so Kids love the pinata. Oh, they do. They do. And the candy and the things are flying everywhere. Uh, it's crazy. You can eat, we started this year. We put uh, different stuff in it too, like glow sticks and not just candy um, and gum and stuff like that. But um, to bring us That's back to idea. your thing, top of mind, we talked about the thanks. We talked about road cheers. I was wondering if, if you could pick one more for like the the top three ways of staying top of mind. The different things that really just gets those partners' attention. What would you What would you put in that the bronze spot?
1: Yeah. So I think it's a combo of for us anyway in our space. It's a combo of. Um, I'm just, I don't want to say this meanly, but. Um, yeah, do it. It's, it's the it's hardcore it's, marketing it's, shows. It's, do this. Let's get mean. <laughs> It's a constant. Sometimes, and this is going to sound bad, but it's sometimes it's a constant barrage of shit, right? So, um, what we have found is that um, you've got to. They're they're getting hit from all angles. There's just there's just For stuff sure. flying around everywhere, yeah. right? And so, sometimes you don't know what's going to stick out in their mind, and um, we. Our, our take on this and our sort of learnings on this over year after year after year is like, don't go and take them out for a round of golf. That, that's a waste of money, right? It's okay. a complete waste of time and money.
0: Unless you like golf.
1: Feeding, yeah. Well, I, I do love golf, <laughs> but you know, that's great for me to play golf. It does nothing for our bottom line. Yeah. You don't need to spend um, like
0: four times as much for everyone else to play.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. Sorry. I know you're, uh, you're, on, you're on a tear there. Yeah. Okay. So don't, not no, no no no
1: no you're going trust me I would like them playing golf next weekend actually um so uh, <laughs> you got me thinking about golf now um I know right <laughs> we try so what we try to do is to try to give our to try to give our sales team a, a, a enable our sales team with as much competitive um, uh, relevant content as possible um that they can then use we we will we will um basically just continue to feed them with information that they can use to go back to their partners and help sort of um, what's going to help the partner business. And I, and I, this sort of relates back to what we were talking about at the beginning, but um, you know, utilizing, we, we utilize our sales team, our, our sales reps as like informants, you know, you've got to keep them, you know, up to date on what's going on. We try to, we try to um, keep things loose. And fun. We don't. We try not to make it super serious, but we provide them with the content. We provide them with content, whether that's star to star content or industry content, or um, you know, just whatever's kind of happening day to day. Give that to our sales team and let them funnel it off to their partners. I mean, one thing I always tell my sales uh, sales folks is, you know, just because when we send you promotions and fifths take those same emails, reframe them, write a little custom message. Send it to your partners. I'll help you customize. So we're trying continually, and we, we have Google Doc after Google Doc after Google Doc of share shared. Here's notes. This is what you can use. This is you know here's all the here's all the social posts you can use this week. You know we try, just continually try to um uh give them content. Salespeople are dumb as dumb as fuck. So yeah, you, uh, you have to give them as
0: much. Content is it? as it? Twenty minutes in. Now we're getting to the real show here, people. <laughs> this is the re- how do you how do you really feel dave <laughs> so uh not all sales but you yeah, know they're they're focused on what they're focused on right so it's like they're focused and they don't really want the details and you got to speak their method their mind hit them where, where they're at um sometimes we get a little lofty in marketing you know we get cute yeah, or no? Am, I might just i be being I, too I, nice. I mean, tell me how it really. No, is
1: No, no, no. You're not being too nice. I think um we do get cute. You know, we we are. I think our expectations are too high. We expect them to read what we're gonna. We expect them to do the things we ask them to do, or to read the things we ask them to read. When what we've probably written is too long and too laborious and too and 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 what we need to do is punch it up, which my team hates to hear me say. I say that all the time. It's a terrible thing to say. I know. Um, but try to, you know, keep it, keep it shorter, uh, you know, put it in two second little, like, and and just continue to send it out. And, and, and uh, you know, they're just, like you said, they're occupied with other things, right? They're trying to close deals. They're trying to win hearts and minds on the street. Um, And my little marketing spiel is probably the last thing they they care about. But to me, it's really important.
0: Well, true. Right. So it's like, we've got something we're trying to get across. They don't by default care. So we got to speak to that. And, in the constant barrage of things especially if it speaks their their language it, it makes total sense my follow-up to that is, you've mentioned content a lot and also you got to feed that prm you get whatever system you have or whatever program you're doing or whether just natural just you need that content to be enabling your sales team enabling your partners do you have an approach to that like how do you just you know finger to the wind and like create content or how do you how do you plan to like really address their needs without just sort of writing something and hoping that they like it
1: yeah great question um, it's literally something that we struggle with every day i'll be honest with you yeah. um, but you know we we have a content plan that we sort of outline at the beginning of the year and, okay, cool. and we put together and this is, these are the topics you want to cover based on what's happening that time of year obviously this year got completely thrown off um you know, so we we've had to shift what we're doing um, to be about all you know all the all the all the COVID stuff. We don't have to go down that road, uh, right. but you know the general remote remote work and all that kind of jazz. Um, you know, we have a content plan. We we updated we updated monthly. We have two agencies that I work with externally, in addition to people I have internally that I'm that are helping to feed content to us. I mean, I, this is not like not a cheap endeavor. Um, yeah. You know, but for us, like you said, I continue to mention it. It is just so, so crucial to our success. Um, so, you know, we are continually asking our partners, you know, what kind of content do they want. Uh, we are—I've got two people on my team that basically speak to partners all day, every day, and uh, in, in helping build out marketing plans for them, um, helping to uh, uh, garner their feedback, understand what they're going up against. Uh, and then bringing that into our marketing team, into our sales team, and then we adapt from there. You know, it is a, it's a living, breathing organism. Um, uh, you know, I, I can say that, I'm, I'm definitely not sticking my my finger in the wind and guessing, I, I would say that, Casey. Um, yeah. But there is, you know, this is, you know, uh, this year we came in with a plan of how we wanted to talk about ourselves. We knew that we had certain products coming out. We knew that we had, um, we, want, we were working on our, a bit of a rebrand. Uh, a a sort of a rework of our our messaging. So we wanted to talk about, we wanted to focus on that a lot. Um, So, you know, there is, there is, you know, not one way to do it. That's the right way. You could do it all in-house. Fine. You could do it all externally. Fine. We feel like the best way to do it on our end is to do a bit of mix, bit of a mix. Right. Um, uh, And I am not a huge fan of changing agencies a bunch of times. I just think it's a pain in the ass um for sure you know to, to have to re-educate an agency on what your what your business is how you speak the language you use um you know what how you make money i mean it's, it's all it's just it takes six months for them to, to learn anything and so to do that every year is a pain so i try to keep the same agencies on um which may be not the most effective strategy from a a cost standpoint that may cost me a little bit more in the end because, you know, I'm not, they're not, they don't feel like they're competing against anybody else. But, um, I, you know, I, I, I definitely um, think that there's a trade off there. So, you know, listen, I, content is, is vital to any, I think any good marketing organization, how you use it is probably more important though. Right. So, okay. like, you know, we try to, we try to, we try to create everything that's scalable. So when a partner, I'll just give you an example partner comes to us and says i'm going up against uh this competitor and in in this vertical it's in healthcare right what do you have for me and we say you know what and against that competitor in that vertical i don't have anything today let's create you something custom right well we don't create anything that we can't use for every partner it's a waste of our time and our money right so we've got a thousand partners across our network um you know, if you've got that challenge, partner A, partner B, or C, or Z has that challenge as well. So we try to we try to be smart about the content we create um, so that it's reusable for multiple partners that can be used in for both digital and and maybe more traditional. It can be used in social. Sure. I mean, we try we just try to we try to stay one step ahead and, and think about those things as we're creating and and developing content. So I, I don't know if that answers your question, but that's kind of how we think about it.
0: Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, As you're describing that, it got me thinking, what doesn't work? Have you seen anything that just is like a total fail? We know doing nothing, like set it and forget it. That's the fail. You smash that to smithereens. Are there any of these tactics? We talked about your your favorite three. Are there any ones that you're just like, it's it's a miss or you're just, it's not a high priority for you, to put it politely? Yeah, I would say... um, I'm kind of putting you on the spot, just picking your brain. uh,
1: yeah, no, yeah. I'm, not a, I'm not a huge fan of spending a ton of money on a big events, I'll be frank with you. The bigger guess,
0: events, like the road show is yeah. cool, but not like a global summit or something like that?
1: Yeah, I, we, 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 will, we will definitely go to a few big events. I will tell you, Casey, we've had more success at big events, being on the ground, trying to do a little bit of guerrilla rogue marketing, sure. um, setting up meetings ahead of time trying to be a little bit more strategic about who we're targeting um, as opposed to spending a hundred thousand dollars at an event on a booth where the only people that we're going to talk to are other vendors who are also waiting for customers to, or partners or whatever the case is to walk by um, you know and that's not to say you won't see us at an event we go to a lot of events it's, right it's not a small portion of my budget in a normal year um, but we what Big, 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 big events, it's, um, you know, where we might go, we might just be very targeted in who we approach. Yeah. Um, and and I think, in, and if we're going to invest in our partners too, so one thing that we do is provide the partners with MDF or co-op dollars, the money they can spend, they'll hmm. promote our brand and their company. Um you know it, we're gonna we're going to advise them on those same things too. So if they come to us and they want to go to a massive event and use their co-op dollars that way, we're going to want to see the plan for how they're going to use that mm-hmm. money and, and what kind of return they can expect. Uh, you know it's just at this stage in our company's life cycle, going to some big event is we are not going to get a list of partners that we never heard of. It just it doesn't exist, right? right.. We, have done it all. We've been to all these things. We know the partners in the space, um, and you know, unless there is some sort of uh, new group out there that just developed overnight, you know, we generally we we have pretty good handle on, on the on the on the partners in the in our ecosystem. Right. Um, so that's one thing that I, I just from a marketing standpoint, you probably won't see star to start do is just go out and spend hundreds of thousands of dollars at a at a big event.
0: Oh, for sure. And you know, as you even mentioned hundred thousand dollars, I was thinking, man. That would be one hell of a badass roadshow series, you know, in like 15 towns or maybe just 10 towns. Either way, that would be a pretty kick-ass series of roadshows as opposed to one event. You're right, where they're letting all of the locals in just to get freebies or yeah. it's everyone's selling to everyone else. You're like, wait, you're all, we're all part – we're not – we're all like vendors here. Oh, okay. Yeah. We're waiting for the sheep to come in the keynotes on yeah. right now and they'll let them out in a second. Um, yeah, it's being more strategic with those dollars and in the prep ahead of time, setting up meetings ahead of time and, and doing it that way. That's smart.
1: Yeah. I, I just, just, anytime, anytime we have to spend money for a sales boondoggle pisses me off, you know, it's just <laughs> like, you know, anytime, anytime that the sales team is like, you know, oh, I need to, Take my partner to uh, the Indy 500. It's like, oh, okay, partner X sells massive deal, gets us great, no problem. You want to do that? That's fantastic. But just because you want to go to the Indy 500 doesn't mean I have to pay for it in <laughs> <to> the marketing.
0: <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh huh. Wink, wink. Yeah. Go, go, close something. Get out of here. Get out of here. Yeah, Shoot. Exactly. Scram. Exactly. Uh man. Uh, so, so the content is key. It's like the ammo. It's the fuel. And then all these different activities, this is, this is fantastic. This is, this is a great recipe for really caring and feeding for partners.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think, um, one thing that we do, um, I know we were going to talk about, it. I don't know if that was the right time, but I think it's sort of, yeah. Is, is,
0: is, what do you want to talk about? Um, you want to talk about golf? What do you want to talk about?
1: No, I, I, I <laughs> no, I, I think it leads, this leads well to our sort of service model, okay, which yeah, is how we yeah, think about yeah, ourselves yeah. in the marketing totally. department. Um, we we really we run our marketing department as an agency. Then that's really how I how I look at my team. Um, I have writing, I have video, I have content, I have analysts, I have graphic design, uh, and I have you know um, event person. So I've got someone who sort of fills each kind of role in in a, in a, in, a, in, a, in an agency. Um, you know, mind you, scaled down. You know, we're not we're not yeah. we're, we're we're a ten person agency, not a hundred person agency. Um, but you know we are we look at our our customers as our partners uh as our sales team and as the company as a whole so those are really our three customers that we that we service as an agency um so when part, we, we create content for partners that they can then go out and, and use and re and rework and sort of add their flair to i should say i don't know if this you know where's your, where's sure. your flair today um you know, we, we build content for our sales team to go out and recruit new partners and sell to end users. And we build content that's more company-wide stuff, you know, like fun and games, company, cor- company corporate culture, Yeah. you know, kind of at the company, we, 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 you know, write the newsletter, that kind of, you know, the, the internal company stuff is, is also something that we handle. So, um, you know, and it's kind of an app priority too, right? So yeah. If a partner has something that they need, we kind of prioritize that ahead of ahead of everything else and work down from there. Um, and you know, that's really, to me, um, when when you have that approach, your thought process has to be: we need to lean to yes more than we say no, um, and that might not be the answer that a lot of marketing departments or people under will want to hear because it just creates more work. Um, but sometimes you don't know where that sale is going to come from. And, you know, just because, you know, you might think that's a ridiculous request from a salesperson or a partner for something that they need, you know, it might help close the deal. And you might hear six weeks later, Hey, you know, that graphic you created for me that I put I, that, I put that on, I put that on on I don't know a shoe where I sent the, I, I don't know, I'm making it up and I sent that out and really caught the eye of the customer and it ended up that you know that was the reason they ended up <laughs> buying from us is that you know they were interested they thought it was funny and they like so you just never know um so and that's why I try to lean towards yes as much as possible I try to say all right you know what we'll do it for you um but we want to know what <laughs> we want to know the end result uh because uh you know if you come to me with too many too many you know crazy ideas, I, I might start turning it down. But uh, generally, we try to be very flexible, very adaptable. And one thing that I always tell my team too is, and I tell the partners this when we go on the road shows, is, you can always come to marketing for anything you need. So if you have a question about billing, about tech support, about who's my right salesperson, come to marketing. We will, we will, um, direct, you the right, direct you to the right person, get you there right away, and make sure that everything is taken care of. Um, I am a big proponent of "of um, perfect is the enemy of good." Uh, work quick, fail fast, and move on. I mean, that's kind of how we how we run things. I I I sort of like the idea of responsiveness is next to godliness in my in my uh, in my world. So let's get back quickly, even if we don't know the answer let's say, got the message, hey, Mr. Parker, Mrs. Parker, got the email, I'm looking into it, I'll get back to you shortly, you know, just, you, you, it just helps foster that relationship, it's all about that, so um, that's generally, that, that's the, that's the, I, sort of um, how I like our team to think, and they know if they get, if there's an email that sits for too long, comes into marketing, and sits for too long, they know i'm going to get annoyed i'm going to, i'm going to ping them be like who's handling this who's and we you know we know we know emails come we we, we know who's handling it but if it's just for too long i'm going to get a little pissed uh, yeah. and so and and then and then when i reply to the email but i have to reply when it's me that they're like uh oh
0: <laughs> right 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 um, that shouldn't happen it should someone should scoop it up before you wow what what a difference then i think a lot of times marketing we feel like we you're on the back foot, you're defensive, and you're like the brand cop, you know? No one likes the brand cop of like, yeah, we want to do this as, where's the logo? Like, well, you need to have a logo on there. So there's some table stakes here. But like, always saying no to sales is like, I don't need a piece of content on this. No, you can't have it. We're busy. You know, I, li- I like that you've sort of flipped that around to the point where, I mean, they are the end customer, right? We are trying to serve up leads for, serve up that volleyball so sales can slam slam that thing, spike it. But um, you got to be on the same team. So you're really just encouraging them. It reminds me of Zappos or something, you know, like, just call us. I think someone ordered a pizza off of Zappos one time, you know, and it's just like, just (laughs) call us, you know, just ask us in marketing. If we're not the right one, we're not going to poo-poo you. But then now that gives you the ability to leverage that to say, you know, later on, if you need something, they know how responsive you are. That's exactly right. So when I come back to them and say,
1: really, Mr. Customer, Mr. Partner, I really need a, a, a referral from you. Can you write something for me? Or can I write something that you can approve? Or can you look through this content and see if it looks good to you? Um, you know, they are more than happy to do so because there's a relationship there. Um, you know, they feel appreciated and heard and you feel the same way. And I, and that to me is the win-win. And, but that's not something that comes natural. I mean, I am, trust me, Casey, I'm constantly reminding my team, like, they come to me and they're like sales wants this they need that and I'm like guys girls remember there without them there's no us. right so, like we I know it's annoying I know it's frustrating I know you don't like making a ton of edits but you know I I, I try to sort of balance that by not being a very micromanager I don't I don't I don't want to be that like over their shoulder yeah. you know I I kind of want to let them do their thing and, and 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 try to have that balance of you know, a little bit of annoying, but a little bit of, <laughs> of realism. <laughs> you know, you know how it is. Yeah, yeah. Well, you
0: can't be you can't be Attila the Hun. You gotta you gotta walk the line yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Huh <sighs> this is um, this is a cool approach. I I think we could probably talk for days about this. Just the idea of. Of flipping that around and being the the positive force and being in their corner as opposed to being an adversarial relationship. Sales has enough worries and they they don't need to be worrying about marketing. You know how about how about we're best buddies now? Not like they're they're the thing they want to blame immediately. Might be a little bit harder for them to just auto blame or maybe not, but auto blame marketing when things aren't going well. Well, actually, no, we know that we can email, we can email marketing for anything. So, uh, they're not the issue here, guys. We got to get on the phones more or something.
1: Yeah. And that's, and that's, you bring up, it's, it's unique I mean, We don't have, if you ask the sales team, they tell you how much they love marketing. They'll tell you, we love the marketing team. They're so easy to work with. They're happy. They're, they're in a good, they're, they're generally in a good mood. Um, so for us, that's all the feedback we need to keep yeah. us moving, right?
0: That's it. I mean, you get that kind of feedback. I remember, you know, for me, the, the litmus test is always, you know, sales is taking me out to lunch for sushi, you know, and they're paying. That means we're doing something right. They're like, hey, okay, we're, going. Cool, we're going for sushi. You want to come? It's all on us. I'm like, okay, things are going well. Yeah, I'll, I'll be, <laughs> I'll, let me grab my coat. Let's do this. Um, Let's get some mahi tuna up in here right just uh that's how you know it's working well well this is where do you what do you see the future coming down the line i know we're in the covid thing and all that but like you know, a couple months out or years out what, where is marketing going to what anything interesting or scary coming down the line that you're you're interested in
1: yeah i think um i'm i'll be honest with you i'm scared about like online virtual events i don't yeah. know if you tell me about have, it you know, I said, I've said earlier, I don't spend a lot of money. I, I don't spend, all, I don't want to spend a ton of money on one big event. We, we spread our, we spread our, I should, I should, I should say, it's not that we don't spend money on events. We spend a fair amount of money on events. We just Got don't it. spend it on one event. Right. We, right. we, we make, we, we spread that out all over a lot of events,
0: okay.
1: virtual events. They don't work. I don't know if you, uh, the, or the ones we've gone to, Yeah. you know, trying to, tr- trying to drive traffic and leads out of those. They have not figured that out yet. Um, you know, this sort of virtual booth. Is there something
0: missing or is it just they're trying to fill a void with something that's not the same?
1: I just think when you're at an event and you can walk around and there's a lot of networking, it's different than, you know, when you're sitting at your computer and you're supposed to be sort of a participant in this virtual event, there's just so many, too many distractions. True. Um, And
0: there's kids walking in as you,
1: I think you saw earlier. (laughs) Yeah, no, nobody, Uh,
0: everyone listening, nobody, nobody heard anything different, but only, you'd only capture captured on the video. And I, I think I don't even know my you old, I My
1: five-year-old walked in. I think he was yeah. wearing a, a magician's top hat as
0: well. Oh hell yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So yeah, the virtual um, the virtual events thing though, it it's tempting because you're like, ooh, we could do all this for not a million dollars. But then you're right. It's like then you really want to get butts in seats. And then the thing that really gets me that I, I haven't quite figured out yet. I don't know if I I don't think I like it is the idea for the big virtual events to pull it off logistically. A Lot of them have their speakers pre record their presentation. Exactly. And they're just playing yeah. it back. What's the difference between that and a recorded webinar? Like we've already been doing recorded yeah. webinars. So if you want to go get one, get one. But then the idea of the event, I it's like you're around people. There's a the networking. There's the, the liveness to it and the the goofs and the, you know, the re- the realness of it. So it's there was there was um one that we participated in a while ago, which, which was virtual and most people recorded. I never even went. I mean, you could sign up, and they just created content that lives forever on there. And in I don't know, yeah. I could be like not the right person. Maybe I'm not the consumer. Maybe other people are like love this, but I just it doesn't feel like something I want to, I want to do. You know, I don't know. Yeah, I, I I have similar feelings, and so that makes me nervous.
1: Right, that makes me scared a little bit right. because um, you know, I don't know how that's going to play out, and. You know, if we're if we're not going to events and we're not and we're not being able to sort of use events as a uh, a way to stay in touch with partners and to get in front of new partners when we can, um, that's scary to me. Uh, so you know, that's that's one thing that I, that I guess I'm, that you asked me what I'm nervous about. I think that's something that's sort of keeping me up at night. The other side is um, as more and more we're having to stay online and be and, and sort of do this thing virtually. Uh, I don't know what you've seen, but for us, it has driven up the costs of um, advertising uh, through a lot of the ad networks. Sure, a lot has gotten more competitive um, as more companies have dollars that they want to spend on marketing. That perhaps they were going to spend at an event, or they were going to spend on a on a on a on a on a. a, I don't know, something else, a a trip or whatever, whatever, you know, they're shifting those dollars to digital and there's, and there's, it's really driven up the price of, of ads uh, in certain spaces. So I think that's something that is, um, that I'm thinking about, you know, how do we spend those dollars more effectively Um, continue to drive, you know, drive down our CPAs and, um, and get those SQLs over to. I'm saying, saying a lot of acronyms here. I sound like an idiot. Um, no, no. Get, no. Those, get those leads. You're talking
0: shop to the right people. This isn't the, the <laughs> HR podcast, and you're just throwing down a bunch of marketing terms. I think we're all on the same page. If not, we got Google. But I, you know, to your earlier point around the events, I think you know what if virtual events are the thing that drives us all back to the real events because we're like, yeah, we tried that shit. It was terrible. You know, like it had none of the none of the free lunch it had none of the networking and the, oh, no. the, the serendipity of sitting next to someone who becomes your best friend and you go out to the happy hour and then you become you know like lifelong yeah. buddies and peers and it's yeah. all the or, or sitting in a session because you can't get out because you sat in the front row never sit in the front row and um and then you learn something like i remember i was sitting in the front row for a drift conference um i don't know why we like drift to- big, big fans of drift by the oh, way oh yeah oh right on yeah. What's up, Drift? Yo yo. Um, so I was at their uh, their conference back in Boston, back when it was, you know, actually happening. And uh, did you go to that one? Did you go to any of their any other conferences? Okay. No, but I, I
1: I met with some. I was out in Phoenix uh, back in February at the B two B marketing event. Oh yeah. Uh, and Drift the Drift folks were there. That was that trade show was the last. Like, I, people that I've talked to that were at that show that I've talked to now, I'm always like joking with them that that was the last trade show ever because that was right before everything. When I got back about a week later is sort of when everything snowballed. And oh, so we're yeah. always like, that was it. That was the last time anybody ever got to travel was to Phoenix.
0: Last one ever. No, definitely not. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so I was at this, this event, but I had gotten there so early because to drive into Boston for me from New Hampshire, I, I either get there – you know, it's like you can either get there at 11 or you can get there at five and have no traffic. But if you want to get there for eight, mm-hmm. you might as well try to get there for five anyways because like it just doesn't, <laughs> you know, if you want to spend two hours in traffic, hating yourself by the time you get there. So I was like, I'll go super early. So I went like 4.30 or something, got there super early and I'm like, wow, I'm here early. There really is no one here. So I'm kicking around. Eventually I get in like as soon as they open and I'm like, ah. Oh, gigantic thousand person set up here i'm gonna sit front center like bad view and everything but you were my, that guy i was that you guy were that guy. And, guy and you know what there's different different people that were chatting and you know you can kind of do your phone but not when you're in the front you can't, it's harder because they can see you I and mean, i feel guilty about that so um uh but this this one gal um got up to speak and i forget her name right now because a couple i guess it's two years ago now but she was um she was like the marketing rep for like def jam records and a um, bunch mm-hmm. of different like R&B artists and whatnot. And, you know, sometimes you're like, what am I going to learn about marketing from this person? But I'm in the front row and I stay. And sure enough, there's something to learn. What ended up happening was this gal was amazing. And she basically talked about the artists that succeeded. She would see the Puff Daddies and all different people come in. And some people would stick around and stay throughout their entire career. And some people would be like one hit wonders. And she said the difference between the one hit wonders and those that like we've all heard about now is they weren't afraid to like try to reinvent themselves to try new sounds. Um, And she had this, this quote, this phrase, and I I misquote her, but it sounds amazing. It was something effective, like, you know, take off your high school varsity jacket, you know, pick up your spear and your bear armor, leave the cave and go get the next one, you know? And I was just like, yeah. We, we do that we so anyways it was like you never know but like because i was no. in that seat i'm not gonna leave i'm not gonna walk out on someone in front row if they just started you know so man you never know and so sometimes the in-person stuff forces you to check to give something a second and prove That's you wrong and prove it at, ooh there is something going on here let me give this give this a shot otherwise you know maybe you skip the virtual presentation you're checking your email or something i don't know there's something about the, the in-person stuff you know well for the i
1: tell you for the in-person stuff for me it's it gets it really it really does honestly get my get my blood flowing a little bit because i i you go to these sessions and these sort of breakouts and um you sit there and you listen and you listen and you listen and then people are just i i feel i feel the urge just to be like just to be a little bit controversial because i just want to spur some reaction in the room and i just want to get some like discussion flowing and sometimes i i i have a little bit of like um i feel empathy for the presenter because like sometimes they're asking questions and no one's saying anything and then you're like oh god this isn't going well And, and so i try to be for me i like to try to get the room going a little bit. So sometimes I'll say something that maybe is a little bit like, of like a weird take on something, but I just, I just want to get the, I just want to get the energy flowing. Um, so I, I miss that, you know, you miss, I, I just miss that, that interaction.
0: Yeah. It makes me want to do like a bait and switch on a presentation where the topic is like marketing's not needed at a marketing conference, yeah, yeah, you know, everyone shows up all pissed. And then you're like, good, we got to sell ourselves, people, let's do this. And they're like, oh, you got me, but I can't leave now. The doors are already closed. Like, I'm stuck. Um, but yeah, you're right, shake it up. The other thing with the virtual is you don't have, maybe this is what you're talking about, you don't have that audience feedback anyways. I mean, at least they're quiet or something in person. But if you say something funny, which happens a lot for me, um, they'll laugh. Not online. Like you got to get used to people not laughing at you. That's why I, mean, I remember Joe Rogan was like, nope, I'm not going to do, I'm not gonna do online. They're going to steal my stuff. And then you can't, you have no feedback. It's not fun. Why would you do that? Same thing with virtual. It could be very hard. I try to do like when I do webinars, I try to make people super interactive and like saying silly things yeah. just so that I get some feedback as a presenter. Otherwise you're, you might as well just be like a, a telemarketer doing one of those calls, you know, where you're just you don't care if anyone listens or learns or anything. I uh, will give you i I'll tell you a funny
1: story. So yeah. We just got coming through um uh working with an analyst and you know, you have to do briefings of analysts and and generally you brief them and uh they're there, they're listening, they're asking questions. Well this time they um they asked us to do a briefing, uh, but it was a record it was a pre recorded briefing. So we recorded it and then sent them a, a recording of it. I'll tell you it was the most awkward yeah. hour and 10 minutes of record. It was just so, there was no, there's no pushback. There's no feedback. It was just, it was just like hard to get used to of like, of like, you know, there's me and a couple other people doing the recording and we're trying to, we're trying of playing off each other, but it's just, it's just not the same. You just, you need that someone You just need someone nodding and listening. You just miss that. Um, and I think from a, from an event standpoint, the other thing that you don't get is, Sometimes when you're at an event and you're and you're on the floor or whatever, something's going on. It's going to draw people in, and yeah. that's really hard to do in a virtual. I mean, there's just there's not there's not that sort of a um, uh, sort of uh, original or um, authentic experience. You sort of just you're missing all of that, and that and that to me is a that's a challenge. I, I don't know what we're I don't know what's going to happen. I just I have a hard time. Seeing how we go back to doing a big, a, a, an event in Las Vegas where there's going to be about three thousand people in a in a trade show hall going in and out, and I just I don't I I can't see that happening for a
0: while, and that's just that's scary to me. For a while, yeah, I mean, know, yeah, I see a lot of events have pushed from this year to next year. It'll be, it'll be telling if you know people pull it off next year, um, maybe more efficiently, maybe not as bazzzy at the beginning, but I think there's there's at least half of us that want to mingle with people, right? There's the introvert, the extroverts. There, there's some percent yeah, yeah, of, yeah. of the population. I think a lot of times at these events, it's to go to a fun location. It's to get out of the office. So there's a lot of those other intangibles. To that get out of your house. You get out of your house. Yeah. And so if you don't, yeah. I, I don't, I see it coming back half because I want it to and half because it, I, we're not at the point where we need to be a hundred percent virtual for the rest of our lives. I could see temporarily, sure. but I, I see, I do see it coming back. Um, I think especially after a year of us not having it, people being like, okay, anywhere, I'll even go to an event in New Jersey, please someone, you know, like, <laughs> like not even, you know, like, New Jersey is always a place I was like, Why well, don't I visit New Jersey? But um I hear there's some nice places there, but I've never been. Um I've only been to the places you you can forget. But it's like I'll go anywhere, get me out of my virtual yeah. home environment mingling with people. Yeah. And and you know, sometimes you learn from the people that you bump into as well. Yeah, I, I, I agree with all of it. I just so that's
1: that's like that's one thing that, that I'm I'm nervous about for the future. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. I don't know we
0: shall see time will tell sir well you know yeah. like there's a, a bunch of experiences on your side i'm wondering where all this expertise comes from who are you man who are you take us back to like little dave days like little you was it little dave or little david running around and uh and getting in trouble um, what was it, was it like both. being grown up it was
1: um it was good you know my um i grew up in in florida that's right. I'm actually a Floridian. Um, you know, I don't think as many of like, you know, people always joke, I've never been anybody who's actually from Florida. <laughs> they all retire um, there, right? You don't actually uh,
0: grow anyone there. Yeah, exactly.
1: Oranges. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I grew up in Florida and you know, from an early age, you know, my my dad was or, you know, he was very into tech and sports. And so I think that's where I um, really developed that that yeah, that appreciation. We were always the the family that had the internet before everybody else and the big eight in an hg tv before it before anybody knew what that really? was he's like an and early adopter kind of guy he's like cutting yeah
0: edge. he
1: was and and he just always was i can remember in third grade he came and did a presentation for our, our our third grade class he came and talked to us about like how to use a computer and like how to use the like talking about the internet and like right just was, like someone who and that wasn't his job i mean he worked in parks and recreation so it wasn't like he was a. Uh, um that was his space, but he just was always interested in that. And he, he grew up playing soccer and playing college soccer. So I played a lot of soccer and basketball and, um, yeah, and that's sort of where I got, I guess the passion I got, I have today. And, um, I ended up going to school at the university of Florida, another Florida thing. And, and, uh, uh, I got a degree in a master's degree in sport marketing and sport management. Um, and I mean, really wanted to be in the sports world.
0: Yeah. I mean, sports, right. It's at, fascinating degree to, to go after. It was just like, I just want to hang out with professional sports teams all day. Or, or it's like, we don't even necessarily know what degrees mean when we sign up. Like we don't know what we want to do I and know. we don't know what the degree means. So we're, That sounds good. Like, well, but what was your plan there? Was it I, to like go work for, well,
1: I actually started, I started college as a poli sci major. I thought I was going to be a okay. lawyer. Um, quickly after a semester realized that that was not for me um, and switched to, and I, and I didn't even know sport management it was a thing, right, I had no okay. idea, um, so I switched to that, and, uh, and, and really, really liked it at the time, too, at UF, they've they've since moved it, but it was actually, when I went to school there, it was in the, it was in the school of exercise and sports science, so yeah. as a sport marketing, sport management, um, student, I was, I had to take biology, physiology, kinesiology, because you were basically, like, taking the classes that sort of corresponded with like if you were gonna become like a physical therapist.
0: Right. It sounds um, like it.
1: And it and so I had to take those classes in addition to, you know, the marketing your you know, your 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 sort of gen right. ed marketing and, and, and classes. Um and then I, I stayed and got my uh, my master's degree, which was more specialized in sport marketing. And that's really where mm. you where it was like more of the business sport business classes but with a sport focus. Um and uh did two internships um, and my second, inter- I did both my internships at IMG. IMG, uh, is for all intents and purposes, the largest sport marketing company in the world, um, was bought by WME. Um, if you've ever seen the show Entourage, yeah. uh, Ari, Ari Emanuel, the, the, the character Ari from Entourage is based on Ari Emanuel who owns WME. Ari Emanuel is Rahm Emanuel's brother. Rahm Emanuel was the, uh, chief of staff for president Obama. So I mean, that's a very successful family. Jeez. Um, so Ari Emanuel, uh, um, at the time, um, I, I worked for IMG. They were owned by Ted Forsman, who then sold the company to WME, um, and they're part of that group now, uh, but worked for IMG for seven or eight years down at, they have a, a training facility down here in uh in, in Florida called IMG Academy, which is where they do a ton of youth sports and professional sports training. So um, when I was there, if you've ever, if you're, I don't know if you're into tennis at all, but kind of started out as like a tennis academy. Mostly. Oh, okay. Um, So like, that's where like Maria Sharapova and Andre Agassi and Jim Currier and the, the Williams sisters and all of these famous tennis players had grown up. Um, and then uh, IMG came in and added other sports. Now they have soccer and basketball and baseball and football. And so when I was there, we would have, uh, you know, we'd have Cam Newton there and we'd have, Russell Wilson and we'd have no kidding ben Wade and oh you would just you would you got numb like I it was I can remember walking in one day to work and Cam Newton is like walking in front of me just like you know just like another person is just <laughs> athletes all around you um I got to travel a fair bit I went all over the world I got to go to the French Open and Wimbledon and um got to travel for tennis a bit and so that was fun and got sort of my I, I got, got got kind of fulfilled that that idea you know I, I thought i wanted to be an agent you know like jerry Maguire. yeah yeah quickly realized that quickly realized that um an agent basically one of my best friends is an a was an agent and i quickly realized that uh that seemed like nothing more than a glorified babysitter really with, um with just uh clients that had unrealistic expectations and parents and it just didn't see it just seemed like a lot of headache for not a lot of payoff <laughs>
0: Right. Not, not as glamorous as maybe Tom Cruise or any, any of the, you know, yeah, yeah. Shows make it seem.
1: So I was there and it was really, when I was there, it was really the birth of, of uh, modern digital marketing. Um, when I started, the website was terrible. I think it was all flash based. Uh,
0: <laughs> of course. There was
1: no, there were no, there was no online advertising. There was no social media and not to say that they weren't doing those things. They just didn't exist. Like there when Twitter, Twitter was born when I was there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh Facebook was born when I was there. So it was wow. it was um it was trying to learn through all that, trying to learn AdWords and, and at the time we didn't at one point we didn't even have a graphic designer, so I'm teaching myself how to do InDesign. Jeez. You know, it's just it was just it was very um very much like let we're we're a small we were a small team, but we worked our asses off um we loved what we were doing it was, the rewards were cool we got to hang around with athletes you know it was, it, was, it was a bit of that so i did that for about seven or eight years um uh and then uh, i just was looking for you know i was kind of look, not looking half looking and i got a call from a recruiter and and she mentioned this company star to star and they were they're in our bed, they're close to my house like five minutes from my house i never even heard of them um i i looked at their website it looked like a piece of shit uh, you know, I, I was too, uh, but I went in for the interview, um, you know, and I talked to who's my current boss today, a woman named Michelle McCarty, who is the president of the company at the time she was a CMO. Um, and I immediately clicked with her and, uh, it's been a wild ride since I've been here since 2013. So going on seven years now, I started out as the director of digital marketing. Um, and now I'm the CMO and, uh, it's, I've got, you know, it's been an incredible ride for me. Uh, yeah to build out a team and and to learn and and really develop my skills um, and get the opportunity to flourish uh, has been tremendous and um, the company is doing great doing really well Uh, we're one of the top 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 10 UCAS providers in the country we've got a really supportive owner who's super involved um, and and we've got fun we've got great people uh, and the company's just we're, we're just primed for major success and I'm excited uh, no, it's very, um, very entrepreneurial, I would say it's a very, yeah. entrepreneurial thing, which keeps it fun. Um, and you know, and we're, like I said, a while, like, I don't know, we've been talking for a long, like okay, so, you, know, we're, we're my, my boss and I are big, she's a big proponent of like, let's try it. Let's try it. Dave, you have an idea. Let's do it.
0: Let's try it. Let's That's see, good. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then let's, and let's see what happens. And if it fails, it's not your, you know, it may not, it's not your, we, she, there's just not a lot of like, well, that didn't work we're never trying anything again. That's just, it's just not, that's not our philosophy. It's like, all right, that didn't work. Let's move on to the next thing. Like, don't right. worry, but we're put it behind us. We move on and we don't worry about it. Um, Jeez. and that's been fun for me. And, uh, yeah, I'm going on seven. It's crazy. That I've been in here for almost seven years now. Um, but it's been, it's been a cool, I, I, I don't know. I, I guess if you would have asked me in college, if I would have spent seven years working at a, 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 a VoIP company or a UCAS company, <laughs> I would have been like, what are you out of your, yeah, out of your mind, you know, but here I am.
0: Yeah. You know, exactly right. Like VoIP and tech and it, and it from, from movie stars and sports athletes. And, but I see you got Taco Bell on your roster. So that, that, that sells me on it, but uh, <laughs> I miss you Taco Bell. Yeah. Lots of cool, lots of cool <laughs> customers. You know, we, yeah, we, our
1: product actually does really, really well in the diverse in the sort of the diverse and diversified enterprise. So um, got it. companies that have hundreds of locations, Our product is super beneficial for, we don't have to go into why, but um, it just works really well from a cost standpoint, from a reliability standpoint, from a a quality of service standpoint. So we have tons of, um, you know, Michael's stores and Family Dollar and uh, Applebee's and, you know, Waffle House. I mean, just lots of these big chains, big, big, um, a lot of our customers. Um, So cool. It's been fun to watch the evolution of the company. So it's been a wild ride.
0: Hundred percent, and and it's like these are the two major steps, and you've you you're not hopping around like you you spent serious time in the agency world and now serious time over here, working your way up, getting a feel for things, and then exploding from there. It's wow. What, what do you do? You know if you've taken anything uh, from <laughs> take anything? Do you know if you uh, have brought anything from your experiences? in that agency world um, into your marketing? And does it even maybe tie into the partners and take some, I don't wanna say babysitting partners, but like, it's almost like doing that at scale maybe instead of doing it one-on-one, I don't know. Is there anything there?
1: Yeah, it's a good, yeah, it's a good question. I think I think the main takeaways that I took from IMG and I sort of translate them into star to star is, um, you know, this, this focus on customer service. Um, hmm. You know, at IMG, we were catering to um a very high end crowd. You know, the product is youth sports training, but for the for the for the more on the more wealthier side I would say.
0: Um Yeah, the tip at the top not, of the spear kind of thing. You're I mean
1: Yeah, I mean so the the, the families that send their kids there are, you know, have high demands and are and so I think there was that level of customer service that we wanted to provide and everywhere we went and the quality of things we were looking for. And, you know, we were very, very, very much a stickler for the brand and for mm. how we talked. I think I've taken a lot of that with me. Um, some of it, some of it I've changed, some of it I haven't. Um, but I think that foundation, which I had got out of college, got out of, you know, I didn't have out of college, I think um, really, really helped me and my next step, which was to understand how to um, take those things and and, and use them um, uh, and try to scale them up for a, a different audience and a different perspective. And um, you know, I, I I'll be honest with you. When I came to start a star, I was like, oh, partners, B to B to B, this would be so much easier than B to C. <laughs> and I had some cranky I, movie stars, some
0: cranky sports guy who wants his I'll, shoes I'll say, for warm or something.
1: I was completely wrong, though. It's a much doing B two B marketing is 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 much much more difficult to I me. Mean, it's just your your market, it's your your the market you're going after is so much smaller. The potential fish that you're trying to catch are just you know they're 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 bigger, but they're they're harder to reel in. Mm. Um, so you know it's just uh, it, it's but it, it's that presents unique challenges, and I enjoy that. So that's, yeah, that's kind of how I how I look at it.
0: I totally see that that foundation of high standards and and customer service like you've i think people people listening i mean they should like book themselves a really when this thing all gets out book themselves a really expensive restaurant or you know hotel just for night just for day don't go crazy with it but to experience you want to experience that every now and then to just kind of expand your horizons to Oh, mm-hmm. there are levels above t g i Fridays, right? and just to get a sense for it, so that the kind of services you're providing for people or you know expectations at a conference or this and that you're 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 not just setting the bar, like you think the bar is set high, but that's actually like low medium if you know the full range, you know, so understanding the range, you know more about where things are at. So I'm sure that your partner programs were experiencing like a higher standard of, Oh, well, we got to take care of them. Like, like stars, like VIPs. Yeah. Um, Isn't this ha- how everyone does it? You know, so it's kind of like you started at the the higher range where every single person was like a, you know, super valuable and even the kids yeah. and, the camps and all those things so when you go to the b2b side you're right you're like oh you just sort of brought that vip experience into it that's kind of cool
1: yeah i, I honestly I, I i think that's a great analogy the, the restaurant analogy i never thought about I never, I never thought that about that specific analogy but that's a great one um about you know go Go uh, if you know go into the big cities and 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 go to a really really fancy restaurant. Once you know you know it doesn't have to be uh, something you don't want to eat, but you know go go to one of Danny Meyer's restaurants in New York City yeah. and experience the uh, the level of customer service that they provide there. Um, and I think that is something that you can take home with you no matter what industry you're in. For um, sure.
0: For sure, and, and you
1: know he, yeah, you know he's written a book on it. I can't remember the book off the top of my head, but oh. it's all, the book is all based, not about a restaurant. It's all about customer service. Oh, um, and I think if you can think like that, um, then you're going to be in a good spot no matter no matter where you are.
0: You know, for me, and it doesn't have to be one of those things where you have a lot of money, right? I remember I was in the Marine Corps and um, like on a base in California. I remember st- standing on uh, like a concrete parking spot like the thing that's in front of a parking spot just in my boots mm-hmm. in my uniform like not making lots of money but I, I booked this thing so my girlfriend wife at the time wife now um we we're gonna go to this place called the herb garden or no, the the herb farm yeah. in uh in the seattle area have you have you heard of that one cool it's uh um, no, but sounds delicious <laughs> it, it, it's like it's like all the vegetables and herbs used for the yeah. cooking are all locally it like grown on property everything else is locally sourced they only have room for maybe like 30 people um, in the whole restaurant that night and you book in advance it's a lot of money Um, but hey it's love people (laughs) and and the the cool thing that i found worth it yeah worth it hashtag at least once uh was um they get your credit card they know who you are they bill you you don't sign a check at the end of the night like they'll hit you it'll, it'll hit your bank account but you don't need to like, you just had the best meal of your life. Here's how much it yeah. costs. No, no, no. It's all handled. Yeah. When you're done, you can, you can walk away though. You had like nine glasses of wine. So you got to go to the hotel right across the street. But, um, but either way the experience of like sitting down and having someone, uh, reach out and, and pour a glass, your first glass of wine over your shoulder while simultaneously your date had someone reach out their arm and pour their yeah. glass of wine. Yeah. Just like it's those kind of experiences where like, huh? So, how you know it's like how what can i learn from that and how could i could i use that um it's just seeing the whole range so i i wonder what kind of different things what kind of range you've experienced to the point where you might even take it for granted to even bring up i was like no this is how we serve people you know many of the things you've already mentioned yeah. really
1: yeah I, I think you make great points um you know i can remember several instances at restaurants i can remember we went to um uh, a bar actually that you had to make a reservation for ahead of time and pay and you know i'd never been there um, we'd gone with our friends and as we were walking up they opened the door and they say hello mr portman they you know they had we had never wow. even been there um you know they had obviously like looked you up on linkedin or whatever that you know they had right. like, found you so they knew what you looked like they knew what time you would they you know you, you'd probably be coming in um so it's just and it's little things like that, that you were, clearly I remember, I think that was eight years ago, right. uh, 10 years ago. Um, and you just, and it's little things like that, that just go such a long way. Um, and if you can do those little touches, like the thanks, like sending a little thanks, yeah. um, it just endears you to, to your customer, to your partner, to your, to an associate, to a colleague um, and allows you to, have a relationship with that person that, like you said earlier, you can. W- when the time comes that you need, you may need something in return. You don't feel guilty asking for it. Yeah. Um, and I think that's super important. So, I, I yeah, I, I, this is um, this is. I think you you really hit the nail on the head there. Sort of where we how we think.
0: Yeah, and really, what your this strategic advantage that you have, your history you brought with you, it's not like you just had to reinvent yourself completely. You took what you learned and leveraged with a different customer audience. You know, it's a different group of partners yeah. now. Yeah. But their partners are important because they, to your point earlier, they m- multiply. Whatever, if one partner is happy or informed or enabled, yeah. like they could just sell a bunch of stuff. So yeah. each one matters. Yeah. Hey, hypothetical for oh, you. Yeah. If you could... Go back in time because I might have a time machine. Might. And uh if you if you could go back in time my
1: girl would be enthralled by that if you had a time machine.
0: Well, I might have one. <laughs> um but you can't use it now, COVID, right? But after this is all said and done, yeah. come visit New That's Hampshire, yeah. get you in the time machine, you go back, you visit yourself after you had just graduated, either undergrad or that that master's in business market or sports marketing. If you could talk to yourself what kind of advice would you give yourself knowing what you know, you know, CMO, like you're, 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 at, you're there, man, you're, you're crushing in all cylinders. What kind of things would you tell little Dave? Yeah. I, the the first thing that I always think about when I, when I,
1: when I think about sort of where I, where I was and where I've come is, you know, be patient. Um, be, uh, don't take things personally. I think that's something that is, that for me i struggled with a lot when i first got out of college and i first got into a job is that you know you have a boss and that boss is going to have expectations and um you know and just because you may not have done this the right way or you may not have done it the way they wanted to do it and maybe they couldn't express themselves correctly um you know don't take it so personally like it's business um and you know mm-hmm. that uh you know you can't where you're sometimes you, you have to take a step back um, and evaluate where that person's coming from. Now that I'm on the other side of that, I can see where I'm trying to explain to one of my employees how I want to, how I want something done or how, how it's been related to me that we should do something. And I can have, I can be, have a hard time explaining it. So then, you know, I I just, I can see the other side of it now. And um, I would say, you know, those are the two big things to me, which is, have patience that things will work out, um, and, and, and try not to take things so so personally. And trying to think, you know, you can you can certainly wear your heart on your sleeve and you can work hard, but at the end of the day, you got to leave it behind a little bit. Go back home, have a glass of wine, have a little, have a nice uh, a nice little glass of bourbon or something, and uh, decompress, and then sort of start your engines again the next day. And um, I think that's tough. That was tough for me coming out, especially in the sports world a lot of egos, mm. uh, a lot of, a lot of big personalities and, you know, you're trying to fit in and you're trying to push and you're trying to keep you, you know, you don't know what, you, this is like you were brand new, right? You didn't know what it took to keep a job. You know, this was, there was, you were learning, learning, learning. Yeah. Um, so I think those are the two big things that I would tell myself.
0: Yeah. That's, that's that's so powerful, man. Not taking things personally. I think, you know, we're trying to prove ourselves. We don't know anything, a little vulnerable and, taking yeah. stuff person like hey i know i've i've created projects and i've been on both sides of it and you know i may have been not good at receiving the project or even or or creating it or designing or passing on what my expectations are everyone no one's perfect right so um yeah. if there's a miscommunication hey it happens you know learn from it and it doesn't mean you as a person are flawed you know it's just it's just yeah. the situation not you so yeah true.
1: And that's what I've tried to be at Star to Star, is be someone who, um, like I said, doesn't micromanage, doesn't, doesn't get too, doesn't try to, I don't try to get too high or too low. I try to just stay in the middle and be even keel, um, try to be a cheerleader for my team whenever I can, uh, and, and and advocate for them um, and, and really push, try to continue to push, 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 you know, but understand that there's a limit somewhere so i think you have to try to balance those two things and so um that those that, that's what i've that's what i've tried to do with star to star
0: makes sense makes sense hey where can people connect with you they want to reach out and be, become bffs or learn more about star to star or just kind of get in your in your radius so they can learn more from you
1: yeah they can you can find me on twitter i'm at d d p o r t n o um, you can hear me on Heads in the Cloud. I uh, have a podcast that we yeah. run on internally.
0: What do you talk about there on that podcast?
1: On, on, yeah, so it's me and uh, we have a sort of a, a two other guys um, that sort of rotate in and out. We talk about what's going on in the UC space and the unified communications and collaboration space. We bring on uh, partners, customers, vendors in our space, but then we talk a lot. We talk to a lot of tech people. We talk to people who are sort mm-hmm. of a you know. Um, Maybe ancillary or auxiliary to our space, but have you know dabble in the in the UC territory. talk to analysts um, uh, I think we have I have one'm uh, recording one tomorrow with a, with a, with one of our new partners that's just come on board We've just got a big partner, so um, you know talking to them, learn about what their challenges are and how we can help um, and uh, you know we started that it was an idea. I was at, I'll tell you a quick story because I know we're running out of time. No, no, Um, no, we're good. Go all night, go all day. I was at, (laughs) we were at, my buddy or uh, one of my employees and I were at the Marketo conference out in San Francisco. Yeah, okay. um, Before it was Adobe. Uh, And um, we were, we had gone out and we were, we had gone to this, this conference all day and then we were out, we were eating, we were eating Mexican and we were drinking beer and and we were kind of joking like oh we should host our own podcast and we should do this and we kind of like it was like an idea and then like we got back and we we're like we should actually do that. <laughs> it was like this you know it was like this kind of like uh it was you know it was really kind of right before this giant podcast boom you know and it yeah.
0: was,
1: and it was just something that we thought would be fun um and we ended up doing it and we've been doing it for I can't five six years now um, and, uh, we, re- we record probably one a month, one or two a month. Um, and we really have a lot of fun. So if anyways you want to check it out, heads in the cloud, you can go to heads in the cloud pod.com, um, or you can, you know, get it wherever you download podcasts. Uh, but you know, we have a fun time. Uh, we try to keep them light. fun. So.
0: Yeah. Just kind of keep it real. Have good conversations, man. That's, that's awesome that you're doing that. Yeah. Um, you know, considering that I've talked to you for. Close an hour and a half now. I could see that'd be a fun podcast to listen to for sure. <laughs> time maybe flies. We'll have, to, we'll have to have you on, Casey. We'll have to yeah, have man. Any time. Crack open a beer, or, or maybe that's after the podcast. But either way, um, it'll be that's fun. after. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, th- you know, thanks. Thanks for coming on here, and I've I've learned a lot from you, and this has been a this has been a fun time.
1: Yeah, I really appreciate it. Uh, thanks for having me on. Um, And uh, thanks for the good conversation. I thought it was, thought it was uh, excellent.
0: Right on. And for those listening, uh, if you learned something, and I freaking know you did, because I literally have two pages of notes over here, front and back, then uh, share this with someone else. Share the the episode, but put your take on it. For thought leadership to be real, you gotta, what are your takeaways, you know? Just even one takeaway, I learned this. I mean, we talk about so much with the partner marketing the roadshows, that thanks app. I'm gonna check those guys out. The Constant Barrage the content into that so many things but put your thoughts into it then share that with people that way you become the thought leader in the situation good stuff man Dave, it's great hanging out have you back sometime and uh, we'll crack open beers before the show see what happens have a good time thanks casey appreciate it awesome for everyone out there listening this has been the hardcore marketing show we will catch you all next time